0: ladies and gentlemen the only disc golf podcast that comes to you boxed bagged and with a cardboard backer it's circle three
1: what's up what's up it's circle (laughs) three
2: cardboard backing all day
1: back those boxes and bags ladies and gentlemen double bag it for all i carry inside that box better be bomb proof
2: we'll see we'll see we're gonna test that theory soon a little teaser for the future
1: i like your shirt chris
2: thanks i like yours dude i feel like i'm looking in a mirror
1: a really if i was really handsome mirror
2: if i was canadian like i'm looking in a mirror that that shows a canadian version i mean it's beautiful
1: actually i'm not gonna lie
0: along at home They are both wearing shirts.
1: (laughs) And Paul is actually here, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Paul Blair?
0: (laughs) Not much. Cracking open the bubbles.
1: Kurds. I've never noticed how similar our beard game actually is, buddy.
0: Oh, yeah. I
2: I think yours could grow out better than mine. This is about max length. And then it's just, it looks patchy, Keanu Reeves. It's not good. I mean, I love Keanu, but I can't rock that patch beard, so... You know, what are you going to do? So how's your week been, brother?
1: It's been, it it started really good. I played a lot of disc golf last week, had a great week last week. Uh, I've been dealing with like a tiny little fracture. I call it a broken bone. It's not a broken bone. It's a tiny little fracture in my foot. And uh, I think just all the playing really flared it up. I've been a little sore. I've been hopping around, but uh, I've been having a good time, man. The weather here is starting to turn around for the better. Uh, knock on wood, we didn't get that little snowfall that I saw some people experienced in some of the states there. So, uh,
2: yeah, we headed
1: to Michigan. Hoping for the best. What about you, Paul? Paul's on vacation. He's near the snow, I think.
0: Yeah, I spent the day up in the snow
1: uh,
0: on long, thin pieces of fiberglass called skis. Uh, very, very hard to throw on skis, turns out. Is that Mount Vesuvius? Uh no, it's the really ironically sort of insultingly named Mount Bachelor. Thanks, like. Interesting. Rub <laughs> it in. Is
2: that why you're in a whiskey barrel? That's what I want to know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you put whiskey in here, right? You let it get older and somehow it gets better. So I figured maybe it'll work for me. Yeah. For those of you listening at home, my backdrop is very confusing. <laughs> So it Brandon,
1: looks, it looks like barn kind of looks like barn doors is it is that what it is, is it they, are. Barn doors? they are in
0: fact yeah where the airbnb we're staying at they do in fact open and there's a whole world of social life out there which i am going to ignore and i say a little fun
2: fact those are mounted on some hardware called unistrut so a little something i picked up in autocad junior year.
0: <laughs> no biggie you never know what you're going to learn in circle three yeah, or so if it,
2: you're going to learn we should probably uh, bring in
0: our esteemed guests this week, huh?
1: Oh, we got guests. Yes.
0: Anybody About still that. listening? Yeah, might as well then.
1: <sighs> we'll let them hit that unmute button and we will get their beautiful faces up on the screen here. Mr. Brad Schick. Mr. Zach Zach. Yes, he's got a last name. He does have a last name. Mr. Zach Zach. Is it Biberstein? Bieberstein?
3: I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, uh, it's the... It's the very Americanized German Bieberstein.
1: Bieberstein. There we go. Justin Bieberstein. You know, oh, I'm going to call him Justin Bieber. Bieberstein from now on. Yep. Yep. And I was like, Zach, Zach, oh.
0: We are going to edit this later, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely We're get love sued. it. Brad, Zach, Zach, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. So great to have you guys on. Yes, yeah, yeah, so...
2: You know, some, we know who you are. We know who both you guys are and we're big fans, but just to spend some time in our first kind of little circle here today is just kind of get to know you guys for the fans, the people out there a little bit. So um just want to cover some background where you guys are from, you know, what got you to disc golf, you know, first time you kissed, all the good stuff. So um, if you want to kick it off with uh, Zach, you know, just give us a little background, like where are you from? How'd you get into the disc golf? Um, how many hours a week do you spend maintaining that beautiful mustache?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you got to pick one question because I could talk all day on the mustache. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, really, disc golf for me um, came from uh, came from ultimate, came from a a want and a and a need for some things that were kind of missing. Um, I grew up northern Indiana. I I live kind of in southeastern Indiana, kind of around the Indianapolis area um, now. But I uh, went to grad school after playing on a co-ed ultimate team for years, years and years in undergrad. Um, Played with the same people, traveled the country, Um, you know, we we went all over together. And then I went to grad school and all of a sudden it was gone. So, you know, I spent a lot of time throwing a a frisbee and spent a lot of time um, playing team sports. And all of a sudden, I found myself on a weird grad student schedule, teaching classes, getting out of my foot, and Um, You know, it's like people I I see.
1: Are you guys, sorry, Zach, one sec. Are you guys losing Zach too? Or is that just me, Kearns, Paul?
2: I'm, I just started to lose him a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah just, probably... the, just the audio a tiny bit. Yeah, I was just getting a lot of music. Um, Let me turn that down.
3: Anywhere? we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we, we'll edit that. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so, you know, so picking up disc golf, kind of came from that that want to you know have something you know some sort of like competition in my life and some sort of like outdoor recreation in my life but you know my schedule didn't allow it and my life at the time didn't allow it and a couple grad students said hey you know we played disc golf down the street you know every other day why don't you come try this and so that was really the origin story for me Um, a lot of other details in there and and Brad came in, you know, maybe a year later in, in my disc golf world and, and kind of um, changed some things there. And and we can get to that later. But for me, yeah, no, no spoilers, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disc golf really came came to me as kind of that need, you know, kind of filled a, a spot for me. And, um, you know, I think we all can probably say that, that, you know, there's there's something about it, you know, something about Getting out there, having a routine, or having some sort of mental um, uh, reprieve from work or life, or that sort of thing, and so that's that's kind of the beginning for me.
2: Beautiful, yeah, I can super relate, yeah. Um, and Brand, how about you, sir?
4: Yeah, so I'm old as dirt. Um, <laughs> So I, um, I started playing when uh, my dad got my brother and I into it. So I was about, I think, 13 or 14 when we moved to Ohio. Um, and my dad, my brother, myself, and a neighbor of mine, Ben Bott, who doesn't play a lot anymore, but he's been around a long time as well. We used to go out two, three times a day and we just got hooked, you know, like we couldn't get enough. And that kind of started it out and then we met you know, Britt Hambrick and and some of the classics in the sport in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. And then just started getting into tournaments little by little. Uh, I kept playing significantly more than my brother. My dad just kind of was, he'd play some tournaments every once in a while, and then he just kind of gave up, you know. Once we started whipping his butt, he just (laughs) figured he'd go try something else. Um, And then my brother ended up getting married uh, fairly young, and so he kind of, took a big break, had some children. And I, my wife has been super supportive. She's awesome. So I was able to get, you know, got married fairly young, but was able to keep playing and working and, um, you know, went to college, did all that, but I was able to still maintain the 20 to 25 tournaments a year throughout. So that's just been kind of my path. I I kind of keep into that three or four hour radius and then hit some big ones every once in a while. But, um, started throwing Discraft back in the I think it was like 92, 93 when the Cyclone came out, or 91, whenever whatever year it was. And I remember everyone at the Columbus Open that Brent Hambrick ran, those were one of the players' pack discs, and everyone was like, what, what are these? Like, come on, no one's going to throw these. And I was, I was a kid, right? So I'm like, give me them. So I had like 10 or 12, you know, first run pre pat Cyclones that I had, and that's where I really started to get hooked on discraft, I remember. And then the magnet came out and then a couple of others. And then that's just kind of where I've been. So, and then, you know, there's some other stories in there about getting sponsored, but that was a big, big help from Scott Stokely back in the, gosh, I don't even know. I want to say late nineties or early two thousands when that happened. So I've just been hooked, man. I can't get, I can't get enough of it. So that's kind of my background. Nice.
1: how, How did the Zach and Brad connection take place?
3: yeah good question i'd, I'd like to get brad's take on this because you know memory gets a little fuzzy when you when you when you get old but yeah i mean um, i think i, I mean gentlemen, I, yeah just go ahead. remember
0: normally in couples therapy the this the origin story is told individually um, oh so if one of you should listen right. and the other should speak let's be respectful
4: so, <laughs> yeah so keep zach, us on track let me let me try this zach okay okay um honestly i don't really remember either um I mean, I think Zach and I just both were playing a lot, right? He was going to tournaments. We had a similar group of friends and Zach uh, took a big part in the club, started helping out with the Brett Hamburg Memorial. And I think the, the just the combination of that, we started traveling to some tournaments together. And then unfortunately for Columbus, Ohio disc golf, Zach had to move. And when he moved away to Indianapolis, we kind of lost we kind of lost track of each other. I don't know, for a few years, Zach had some some things he was going through and um, work changes and moving and all that sort of thing. And I was traveling a lot for work as well. And I was in Indianapolis and I, I think I just texted him and just said, hey dude, like I'm in town, like let's go get dinner or something. Um, and he came, met me at the hotel. We went out, um, hugged, kissed a little, not really.
1: He answered your question, That's Kurtz. Like- there you go. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but he did not, he said he was not playing any any disc golf at all. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He said, ah, I've just been kind of out of the loop, but my bag hasn't changed in five years or more. And um, I was just like blown away. Um, so I told him, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some discs. And if you promise to go out and play and start playing again. And he said, yeah, that sounds good. Nice. And then I what, like Zach, maybe... Three or four days later you got a got a little care package.
3: It might have it might have been two days later. Yeah. Yeah. It was and then he's so been like my,
4: hardcore to the max. I mean, his bag was all the old stuff from <laughs> I mean, it's funny to look back at his bag, you know, some really, really old stuff that he probably could sell for a lot of money
3: now, but it's still there and the bag hasn't changed much, but you know, my my half of that story is you know, the the precursor to what Brad said is um, he does, he maybe doesn't know this, but he taught me how to throw backhand by showing me how to throw the buzz once. Um, mm-hmm. He probably doesn't realize that. So we, you know, we were out, he was running a clinic at one of our courses. We had just put a course in at OSU at the campus. Um, and he was running a clinic out there. And, you know, he, I'm a, I'm a kid who's a, you know, a couple years into throwing a, a disc golf disc and I'm just throwing whatever I can throw, right? I come from Ultimate, I'm throwing a lot of forehands, um, almost exclusively forehands. And he hands me this buzz and says, you know, see how far you can throw this. And I throw it maybe maybe once and it came off my hands so differently than anything I'd ever thrown before. And it just went where I was trying to throw drivers and couldn't do a thing with it, right? So that moment I realized two things. One, like there's a better way to, to learn how to do this. And two, like this guy really knows what he's doing. So um, that was kind of my first glimpse of Brad. And then you fast forward into me getting hooked just like anybody else. And I'm running leagues, running tournaments. Like Brad said, I started hoping to run the club and the hambrick. Um, and then, you know, I did move for work. And then we, we did kind of, you know, lose a little bit track of each other. It was really me losing track of the community. Um, had some, some things happen in my life like like everybody does. Um, put the disc golf bag in the basement for a couple years trying to figure myself out and you know he he came to town and said that and I was like you know what I don't I don't know why I'm not playing anymore like I do love it I do miss it you know all of those things and and you know uh the woman I was dating at the time who is now my wife said what are what are these boxes of discs in the basement what are these what are you what are you doing I was like well you know it's something I used to do a lot and she said there's trophies and discs and bags. Like, why don't you touch any of this and I said well you know no, it's no, it's just, just <laughs> yeah it, feel, it feels like a different me you know and she said well let's go out and play and I said it's funny because Brad just said he was going to send me some stuff and he did he sent me everything I missed in that four years I took off um, and he said learn all this stuff actually what he said to me was I'll send you some discs learn it he didn't give me a choice he said figure all of these discs out and I'll meet you next year at a tournament. Is what he said. Nice. No, that it sounds no like choice. it's also. Yeah, sounds like it's also when you knew
2: your your girlfriend was the one, and yeah. she said, "Let's go play."
3: <laughs> yeah, I you know a, she doesn't she question. doesn't play. Oh, sorry, Paul. She doesn't play. Um, she comes out sometimes with me and my daughter, but she just she understood the way I talked about it, that I loved it you know, and that I missed it. And when I would talk about Brad or talk about the club or talk about running tournaments, that like, that was something that was still, still interesting. You know? Yeah. Nice.
2: So one other thing I I wanted to look into was, um, I I've been informed that Brad, you have a unique style of play compared to a a lot of other disc golfers. We may, we may see, maybe it's pacing, but I'll I'll let you describe your style of play. I think a lot of people could could kind of pick up on this.
1: Maybe be, learn a thing. And before you do, let me quote the great Zach Zach and what he said to me earlier. And am I'm, I'm actually going to quote him here. I'm going to go to Facebook so I don't so I don't misquote here. Here we go. Uh-oh. Let's see. <laughs> what did I All say? All right. Plays super fast, doesn't throw a country mile, but is incredibly accurate with great touch doesn't throw a lot of mid ranges or putters could school anyone with just a nuke drives mid shots approaches one disc that was zach's profile of you mr brad schick big smile on his face i like that so tell us about your game brad
4: yeah i mean here's the thing I, i think people overthink it a little bit too much i definitely am a fast player and i think sometimes that is tough on other people that are not used to it. I don't intentionally try to rush people. Um, I love to have the box because I can keep the pace. and when I don't have the box, I know I'm at your mercy, right? So for me, uh, I, I just I just love to keep a good pace going. So when we hit a big backup, it's just it's painful to me. Um, and and I do I do, as Zach said, I don't throw tons and tons of mids. I have two or three buzzes in my bag. I have a zone in every so often. And other than that, it's really just my putters and my, and my drivers. And I will oftentimes just um, throw a driver on a shorter shot and let the disc do all the work and not worry so much about the floating and, and all that. So backhand sidearm combo, for me, just going stable a lot of times. So. But the pace is the big thing. I, I think it's been, like I said, it's been a challenge for some people. And when I get to tournaments and some of these national tour events and some of the pro tours and stuff like that, I realize that I need to just, like, take a breather and and enjoy the the scenery and be, you know, present where I am. But there are some players on tour that, you know, we've all seen on social media and other things that have had some, you know, some negative press. But it's pain. I mean, it is painful, like even watching the even watching the pro tour, you know, uh, and I'm not picking on Nico. But when Nico was on the lead card, like that was painful for me. Like, I almost couldn't watch it. And I. I don't know what's going on with him i don't know if it's meant like he's just struggling to get it out of his hand or what um but it is it's hard for me so i sometimes struggle being in tournaments that are that way because it's just it's no fun for me i just want to play so but i get it these guys are playing for way more money than i've ever played for uh they're better than me and um you know to each their own so but there's you know it's not just nico there's a lot of people that are just really slow so
1: Someone Maybe said you know down, it's. There... Oh, Sorry, Corinne, really quick. Someone said you know it's bad when Jomez has to actually edit out footage in your in your walk-up. So they have Nico walking up, then they have him starting, and then they have a cut scene to him twenty seconds later, so that they don't have to have that long coverage of him with his putt. And that's just absolutely nuts, right? So yeah. Sorry, Kearns.
2: I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's like a, a um, you could download like a disc golf phone game and maybe you can just play that in between and just, you know, you could rip a couple drives on there and then bam, you go to the I next need to,
4: one. Yeah, I do stuff. I, I have, you know, I have some things I try to do, but usually just try to hang out with the group. I mean, there's so many great people. That's the, that's the thing that's kept me coming back. And like I said, I keep a pretty small circle. So I know I'll try to hit a few new tournaments each year if I can, but the nice thing of playing so long and knowing... The, the community of each area that I go to, there's just so many great people. So it is what it is. And it's not as bad. I think that the big tournaments are much worse. We have a notorious slow people
2: in Columbus and they know who they are, but I won't call them out. So <laughs> well, as a Michigander, I think all of them are, but it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brad, um, I'm just hearing now from our statistics department, <clears throat> the statistics department, which as you know, employs only the best, uh, saying that you d- actually do have a higher win rate per hour than Nico LaCostro. Okay. <laughs> I don't know you know what uh, that, that means, probably true. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. per hour of play, he's won more often. Yeah. That nice. is <laughs> Play day times. Yeah,
3: Brad. Hope. Yeah, Brad and Brad is one of the players that I think, you know, has has played... For, you know, for as many years as he's played, he's continued to win every year, you know, all the time. Like he is he is known in the Midwest as being, you know, one of those fixtures of guys who is always going to come out and dominate. And and I think it's a I think it's a really interesting thing to Brad's game, too, is that, you know, he has held a full time job more than a full time job and traveled a lot. The years that you were traveling, Brad, I think I don't think your disc golf game took a hit. You know, you weren't out practicing. You were playing like you just kept this going.
4: Yeah, I mean, and again, I think some of that is to knowing the courses and knowing the tournament. So I don't have to go three days early and try to play. I mean, that's a lot of the reason I quit going to Worlds um, because working and then trying to take multiple days off before to get there and play the courses and feel competitive is next to impossible. You can't go and play one round. And that's why I fell in love with the USDGC because the course was relatively the same. I went the first like 13 years in a row that they had it from year one to year 12 or 13 before they did the performance flight. And then that kind of all fell apart. And then I went a couple more times, but as I get older um, and the players get more and more competitive and it gets harder and harder to get into that tournament. Uh, I think the last time I win, I missed cash by a stroke or two. And it was the it was the first time i missed missed um, in a long time and it kind of broke my streak so uh but yeah i mean it's i think being being local and playing in the same tournaments helps i mean and then having a supportive wife where i can go and cut out and the job has been nice uh to be able to get away at certain times but i don't think i could do the full-time life uh on on the road i mean i see these guys and i know they're starting to do better but there were so many years where they're sleeping on couches and You know, I just, I don't think I would have any fun. I think it would ruin it for me, so. Or in cars. (laughs) Or in cars. Yeah, I love my life too much. Like, I I don't take anything away from them. I know a lot of them are probably living the dream, and they love it. Um, I don't think it would be for me. I think I would burn out in a few months. I think it would be fun to, like, take a long, like, sabbatical at work (laughs) and, like, try a summer. But I think I, honestly, I just know who I am. I think I would burn out after eight tournaments probably. So I like being able to go back to normal life and then go to weekend golf and be the warrior weekend warrior, and then go back to normal life and try to do it again. Even though at the end of the summer, you start to burn out pretty, pretty good too. So
1: nice.
2: And then, uh, I would say we're, we're about to go to commercial here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, but it's okay. Before we move on to our break, I think we'll cover one more thing because I think it's a good time for it. So we were talking about being around for a while, Brad, Uh, Zach, Zach was, I was talking to Zach Zach a little bit about it. And one thing that really sticks with me is, I mean, there's not a lot of people I think that have been sponsored by Discraft as long as you've been sponsored by Discraft that are currently sponsored by Discraft. Right. So I'd love to get your take on what it was like initially when you came in with Discraft. I mean, you said it best. You had that cyclone. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Giving us one of these. Right. So the perception of that people had of Discraft when you started being sponsored by them compared to today What's that like? What's it like for you? I mean, I'll even allude to a couple of the things that, you know, expectations of a sponsored disc golfer in this day and age compared to what it was like, you know, in the past yeah, I mean, and what that's been like for you. I
4: think I got sponsored when I was, cause I turned pro when I was seven, seventeen 17 or 18. And then I think it was a year or two after that. So I was young, like 19, 20 maybe. And I was the same thing, working full time and going to tournaments back then it was like, here's a few shirts here's 50 discs. And I thought like I was uh, like on top of the world, you know, it was like the best thing ever. Um, They did support me though, like going to tournaments, they would give you nice nice clothes and do things, but it was not the same. And I just think the way the game has grown, I mean, back then, you know, it was Mike Randolph, Scott Stokely, Elaine King. Like there are still some legends that were at that level. Ron Russell, you know, when he won the worlds, things like that. There were still a lot of players. but as far as like what you said, Brent, like, the, I don't know that there's anyone still on the team that I can remember that was back then that is still on the team. I mean, I'm probably wrong if I looked at the list, but I don't know, honestly, who has been there longer now. I don't know what that says. If It just says I'm really old now. Um, <laughs> but, but But now it's almost like overwhelming to see. I mean, I think two years ago when Paul came on. That was the best year, that was the most support that I've ever gotten, and it was even after they brought Paul on. So like, I thought, they're gonna bring Paul on, they're gonna pay him all this money, and then my level of support's gonna drop. They actually upped it. You know, like they did more for me than they had ever done. And then the year before that, I think before Paul got here, they actually gave me, you know, a signature, st- cause I threw the Big Z Nuke, that was like my main disc, like was Zach always making, everyone's like, oh, what are you throwing a nuke? Imagine that, you know? Um, yeah, that one. So that, that <laughs> year, um, you know bob bob kind of surprised me and said he's you know he was like hey we wanted we want to do a disc you know you throw this big z noob we've never done a disc for you yeah that one um wicked yeah and 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 bob you know he hooked me up and they sent me like i just it showed up at my doorstep like 300 discs and with that stamp with multiple colors and i was like floored i couldn't believe it you know And that was like several years ago. And now, I mean, the sponsorship has still been phenomenal and they continue to add more great players and do great things. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of years there where people, you know, the big thing was to try to be on Innova. And I still think Innova has an amazing team. They have great players, a lot of my friends Um, and even, you know, the other disc manufacturers have really upped their game. But there were definitely years where, you know. It was kind of like, oh, you're throwing discraft. Now you can't find a discraft disc anywhere. And I'm like, I was on there. I was
2: throwing them before Oh, Macbeth, come on. Like, you know. Oh, you hipster. <laughs> was Mike? Is Mike really still on the team? I know he's, he was discraft for a long time.
4: He has been on the team for a long, I don't know, honestly. I know, I think he moved out to California, didn't he? Or is he yeah.
2: in Michigan? No, he bought an RV and um, he just started hitting the road. He actually gave me like my first two disc golf lessons ever. Yeah,
4: yeah. Mike was Mike was is still a great player. I I haven't haven't seen him much out. I imagine he plays out on the West Coast a lot if he's there. So, but yeah, there's there's some interesting times for sure. So
3: small little advantage to knowing Brad before before Discraft was was Discraft, right? So things like this, you just go over to Brad's house and like these were in his closet. Let me see if I can get that on there. Can you see what it is? Oh, yeah.
0: For those of you following along so, at home, Zach is holding up a round piece of plastic.
3: Yeah, it's
2: green. <laughs> First run buzz, baby. <laughs>
3: and it's round. Yeah, so these were just, you know, like Brad had a closet, and it was like, yeah, you know, Mike sent me a pile of these. You know, The they're, funny they're thing weird. is, I
4: don't know. I didn't know what any of the, the collect, I don't really collect. I have all this stuff, and Zach would be like, you need to hold on to those. You need that, you know, you know like all this stuff. And I'm like, I have yeah. no clue. I mean, I really, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I, I still, but
1: that was—I well, created a beast yeah, lately was with difference. Kim. I created a beast lately with Kim Scott Wood after I came into his garage and saw what he had there, and I was like, "Yo, you got to join this Macbeth group I'm in," and then yeah, uh, yeah. all shit broke loose with that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. Also, oh, but you created so Brandon. Dude. You're he's, the, now you're the one control. that created. I you my you need to get a grip, man. Yeah, Brandon. Right. So I have you to thank for my tour series lunar rival. Thanks, bro. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. man well guys we are going to take a quick break uh we got to shout out our sponsors who we haven't shouted out yet on the podcast can't believe we went out this long without doing that so huge shout out to sweet spot disc golf and the Wolfpack discs uh we cannot do this without them great supporters guys and uh we're gonna cut to our first commercial break from Wolfpack discs do a quick giveaway after that so uh stay tuned folks and uh, we'll be back with you in just a second
0: You know that sound. That's the sound of grabbing a wolf pack at the end of a long week. There's nothing better than cracking open a cold Uh, wolf and feeling that buzz Uh, buzz start to take hold at the end of a long work day, at the end of a long week, reach for us. Discs.
1: We'll be there for you. And we are back with Circle Three. Brandon Timney, Chris Kearns, Paul Blair, and our wonderful guests, Brad Schick, Zach Bieberstein. Here to have a great time with y'all. And uh bunch we're of good move... looking fellas. Absolutely. We're gonna move right into our second section now. So, I I labeled the second section tournament talk today. um mm, t-t. TT ttt time. Like
0: three Ts gentlemen. yeah. TT Keep this accurate.
1: So, <laughs> you talked a little bit <laughs> about <laughs> talked a little bit about Brent earlier Brad and uh just his influence with you and and coming into disc golf. So, we want to talk a little bit about the BHMO um, kind of your relationship, how you got involved with that and uh, kind of what that tournament means to you. I saw you talking about that the other day. So tell us just a little bit about that.
0: And let's start yeah. with what that stands for.
4: Yep. So the Brent Hambrick Memorial Open. So it, Brent Hambrick used to um, used to run the Columbus Open before he uh, passed away back in, gosh, we're 17 years now, I think. Or what is it? The 20. 20- what is it, Zach? Um, you just did the last—I don't know I, how many years. It's been a long time. I want to say 17 or something years That's ago. Right. Um, Brent passed away from leukemia, so we—not—not we—some um, some of his good friends, Dan Busick and some others in Columbus, started the tournament uh, in his in his honor. And so ever since you know his passing, that very first year, we had you know the Brent Hamburg Memorial, and it's just grown and grown and grown. And so each year. The charity that we um, donate to is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And the every year, I mean, there were many, many years it was a national tour. And we have had A tiers and national tours pretty much every year. I think the first year it was a B tier because we just, it happened, like he passed away in the summer and we had it I think in October or somewhere in the late fall for that first year. But every right, year
3: yeah i i think it's important you know for some of the people who are newer in the sport it it was a national tour and and on the super tour and all that and so i know now that's a little bit downgraded but when they were on the national tour that was the highest tier that a tournament could be so that's where everybody went it was it was at or above what the pro tour is now you know all of those stops so the Hamburg for many years was kind of that pinnacle of it
4: yeah no that's great great point yeah i mean we had back when Feldberg, Climo, Schultz, you know, everyone, like all the big dogs were coming every year. Um, And then it started to become more and more competitive and they started doing the national tours based on region. Then we started having to compete with Great Lakes and Pittsburgh and all of the tournaments around in the region and so they started rotating them. And I think the game has, you know to some extent has maybe outgrown our course as well. So you know, some people have said our course isn't challenging enough, and, and I would argue that's not true. I mean, we've done some things, but nonetheless, um, it's still an a tier. It's still been wildly successful. Um, we have had to break it up. We used to do one weekend, and now we've broken it up to try to accommodate more players. So um, this year, the last year, last year, obviously we canceled because of Covid. But the year previous i helped out and ran the, the am side and then i always play in the pro side uh, and i'm doing the same thing this year and so things are lining up to be really solid we've got some some good sponsorship lining up so it's just been you know at the the brent Han- we renamed the course from hoover uh to the brent hambrick memorial course so I mean, that's it in a nutshell but as zach said it was it was the the, the top of the top you know the, in my opinion i think it was great so <clears throat>
2: Has yeah, it, when people, I will so say if me. people if people want to donate items for CTPs or anything like that or just donate to the tournament, where can they do that? Yeah,
4: um, so the 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 tournament website is bhmo.org and there's some information about sponsorship. Um, if anyone, you know, would like to donate to the Leukemia Society on behalf of the tournament, they can send that info in. Um, you can contact me directly for anything like that. I don't know how we're if we're doing CTPs just because of COVID. We're trying to limit you know mm-hmm. as much of that stuff as we can just because there's no meetings and parties yeah. and all. it's just so different still. Hopefully this year we can get all this behind us and then next year kind of be back to what we all love to you know gather and have fun. So, um, sure. but I just got a text. It was 21 years. So he passed away in
2: 1997, which is hard. It's hard to fathom. I can't even believe that. So yeah. And then uh, I, I know you posted recently that AM registration opens, When is the AM registration open for that?
4: So the 8th of April is the rest, the open registration. So we did something a little different this year. We tried the, the early like sponsor a whole kind of thing and you get early registration. The PDJ allows 30% of that to be um, for those sponsorship slots. And so we tried that to see because we weren't sure how the sponsorship was gonna go because COVID has obviously created a lot of challenges for you know, getting sponsors when everyone's struggling these days. Um, so we were able to fill those spots in like seven or eight hours. So the support was overwhelming.
3: Awesome. And,
4: um, yeah, so the, so the open registration, the remaining spots, 120 spots will go up, uh, I think seven or eight o'clock on April the 8th. And then the pro side will start on May 1st or somewhere in that ballpark, I don't have it right in front of me, but yeah, in early May, so. Pro sides, you know, usually don't fill as quickly as AMs. The AMs are just insane the way they fill up in 60 seconds and it's like done, you're on the wait list if you're three minutes in and you're like 30th on the wait list. It's so, like a disc drop, it's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, uh, exactly. Signing up
1: for yeah. any tournament in, in Canada this year is literally like the 2021 tour series Luna drop it's like yeah. get on disc golf scene and hope to god you can process your payment fast yep. i mean and, i'm logged and in and get in PayPal. there
4: i just lost i just i just registered tonight before we got on this to um idaho the disc golf pro tour and i was like sitting there all logged in just waiting like oh god please 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 <laughs> you know because there was only like 70 spots because all the tour guys are already in so it, it's yeah it's it's exciting, but it's also stressful because, you know, you get shut out of some of these tournaments that are down the street from you. It's just like, you'd be devastated. So, um, you know, but the pros have to be on the ball, you know, the AMs are on the ball. That's all they've ever known. Some of these, these guys. And now the pros are just like, Oh, I'll get to it next week, you know, or whatever. And, and now they're angry and they're upset. And I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the future looks like. I mean, maybe they're, they have to be more tiered registration. I think that's probably the only solution to do thousand and above or, a certain number and above to give, you know, those players, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting time to say the least though.
3: Yeah. I think one, one thing that's important for me to add to the BHMO conversation is um, you know, I it's, it's close to my heart too. I didn't know Brent, but I helped run that tournament for years. Um, and I think it's important to make sure that, that we know that that is a charity tournament. You know, it's a tournament that raises thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for, leukemia and lymphoma society so it's not one of these tournaments that you know donates 500 bucks here or there and puts puts a charity name on it it is it is putting tons of money towards you know towards that cause which is pretty cool we're up, we're up to 100
4: yeah one hundred and seven thousand in the time that we've run the, the brent hamburg memorial That's so yeah incredible.
3: It, a lot of money yeah so yeah, yeah and and i think the other the other cool thing is that like you know, this is a tournament being a national tour back in the day where we did, you know, expose a lot of um, people to high-level disc golf, and I think it was really, really neat. Um, that's the first place I saw touring pros. You know, I had uh, Eric, Eric McCabe, and, and Paige Pierce stay at my house one year because Brad, you know, McCabe got a hold of Brad and was like, "Hey, where can I stay?" And he got a hold of me. I was like, "Yeah, sure, come crash here." You know, so like seeing and meeting those people, but also, you know, that was I think that was my first glimpse of the Paul McBeth full hawk. Um, Uh, back in the day the worst of times it's like the last time I beat him too Zach (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: so I think this is a great segue to talking about travel you're talking a little bit about people staying at your house now I know you guys also did some traveling together and I'm wearing this hat today for a specific reason because you want to talk about great A-tiers and actually A tiers that are returning to that A-tier status this year. Uh, it is the Toronto Island Maple Leaf Tournament. And uh former Toronto legend Ken Little is uh back to running the Timmel tournament, uh, with Paul bellia Mr. B, and uh the old crew is is back at it, and uh we got announcers for all the players when they're teeing off, and uh, they, these guys these guys are really the OGs of Toronto, and and they know what's up, and we had some people take it over and do a great job for years, but uh, now that the island's not flooding anymore in the spring, it's super fantastic. Unfortunately, COVID killed it last year, but uh, Brad, you've got some history with Timmel. I know, Zach, you came along, I don't know if it was one year, a couple years, but you uh, Tell me a little bit about how uh, that little piece of Canada stole a spot in your heart, Brad.
4: So, interestingly enough, I I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't really remember. I, my memory's not great, but I want to say that the the um, what what was it called? I want to say it was called. I don't think it was called the Toronto Island Maple Leaf. It was the Toronto Island Open. Yeah. Back when Mister Mister B ran it. I I think it was my first pro win ever and it was like in 97 or 90 something like early and and I remember going not understanding what I was getting into I went with a couple of guys from Ohio and it was like the best time of my life I played with Jeff Malton. you know that's when he was like top dog on the island he's still a great player and some other folks and I won and I you know I was like completely blown away I played in a final nine I was completely nervous and I just remember the experience of the island and the Canadian you know the group of Canadians that were just so friendly and it was just I mean I was like this is like paradise you know you take a ferry over to this island and it's like the most beautiful place in the world and from that point on like I went almost every year so then I started my wife started coming along once I got married her family has come many times um And we, I mean, we probably, I don't know how many years we went, but um, there were years that it was, you know, a big A-tier with Nate Doss. And I mean, you guys have had some of the best of the best on the island as well. So, Um, but that's where it all started for me. And then I think the last year and the year, I think the year previous, there's always so many competing tournaments now that it's been harder and harder. And I did not realize you guys were an A-tier this year. I think I'm actually signed up for an A-tier in Indiana on that same weekend um i believe is that the same weekend as the three rivers
1: i'm not 100 sure what weekend it is but I'll, I'll hit you up with some info after i think
4: it is check. yeah <laughs> it's going to be devastating if so mr b and all the guys back in in action so yeah the, it's just such a good time i mean the the cookouts the you know hearing paul come up with the craziest stories for every single player and the walk-up music everything like <laughs> it's it's just too much like it's too much so
1: and i don't think people for people that don't know like the toronto island open wasn't just this like small a tier that a couple people came to there were years where avery jenkins just like you brad i think really fell in love with the island and he just rallied like he rallied some of the best pros in the world like i know there were years where you had ricky and yuli and and really young ricky and yuli and a young slayer who lived on the island, Mr. Kim Scott Wood, and Avery, and Yeti. And and am I missing anyone?
4: Uh, yeah, there were a ton. I'm trying to yeah. think who else. Brad Hammock, like a lot of the old, like the old school guys were still there playing too, so. Shoestrick, yeah, Lazat,
1: someone's calling out in the chat.
4: Oh yeah, 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 Lazat. I remember that year I played with him that year. That was the year I think Nate might've won, uh, Nate Dawson, but they all came. I remember that, and it was, that was the year I think Kim Scott Wood in the finals was like just smashing and he rolled the uh, like hole three or something all the way. I was the longest roller I've ever seen. In so hole. I, I shared
1: that video with a group chat and uh, that's, everyone was like, every, I sent it out, you wait like 10 minutes and then like four people at the same time that started watching it are like, oh my God, that roller.
3: <laughs>
4: it was the most amazing shot. Yeah. I mean, and,
3: and you can't, you, yeah, you can't ahead. understand it without being on that hole. Like, yeah. without seeing, like, and understanding how long and how difficult that is. But the moment you've combined the two, watching the video and standing on that hole, like, your mind is blown. It's just yeah. blown.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, I, honestly, I think Kim Kim is could have been a top ten player in the world if he kept after it. But I think, you know, I think he made a, a good decision pursuing his career, um, you know, in his own company and things like that. But Kim's talent... um, is just unbelievable and still like he'll come back and now he's like 1013 or 1010 and he just come back up for like a five-year hiatus it's like it's unreal
2: so good, good see, so brad you said you're playing three rivers open i think so is it the same weekend uh i don't know i'm actually regged for that but i'm the am weekend so
3: okay. <laughs> the pro weekend is the first weekend in september
2: yeah, so AM weekend is August 21st and 22nd.
4: Yeah, I'm signed up on September 3rd through the 5th. I thought that's when the Toronto Island is always. this. It's Memorial Day or Labor Day
2: weekend, something like that. Zach, how far is this event from you? Which one? Three rivers.
3: Uh, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, maybe two hours. So you're going to come Daddy? We can hang out? Tickle fight? About, yeah, it's about 30 minutes from where I grew up. Nice. I'll be up there for the pro weekend. Why don't you just come down and play that also? Oh, You know, then,
2: like, I'm going to be in a high-pressure situation because I'm, like, am one guy with nothing to lose. I shred it. I got to decline all that cash. You yeah, know? perfect. I, don't, I can't it's, lose it's, my – It's
4: an awesome, awesome course, Chris. You'll love it.
2: Yeah, I can't yeah. lose my uh, am status I'm trying to do. Well, I'm, I should be playing am Nats and am Worlds this year, so. Fun.
3: And now it's a
2: lot of fun. So, so yeah, it's like 30 minutes from my house. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. leads
1: to a great question is what's the next tournament everyone's playing in? And uh, why not pass it off to my lovely co-host, Mr. Kearns, and we'll we'll circle around the screen here. So Kearns, what is the next tournament you are playing in, buddy?
2: Well, luckily I have disc golf scene pulled up right now. So funny story, I'm regged for two tournaments this weekend because I was on the wait list for both and I had to hedge <laughs> my bets. So, it looks like I'm going to be playing Mudden at the V at Vienna on uh, Temperance, Michigan. Because I got in off the wait list there. I was trying to play Birchfield in Bloom. Birchfield's where we had one of the big A-tiers in Michigan. Um, where Paul and, and Garrett had that big battle a couple years ago. But uh, I w- I don't think I'm getting in off the wait list. So, it's going to be uh, Mudden at the V down in Temperance. Saturday. <laughs>
1: Mudden at the V. It's gonna be muddy. Interesting.
0: And it'll be at the V. So there's yes. two facts. We have muddy V.
1: All right, <laughs> Zach. Zach, are you also mudding at the V? Uh, you know, you know. I'm. Not. At the I'll v. will see if I
3: can get. I'll see if I can get on the wait list. Um, I'm gonna spoil Brad's because he's actually right now. He's probably, what, 45 minutes from me because he came over to to play a tournament this weekend over in Indy. So we are playing Tournament, is the name of the tournament. Uh, Chad Chubb in this area is is running Tournament. Um, He runs most of the stuff in Hamilton County, which is where the club is that that I help run. Um, And so Brad's coming over to play a couple of courses. One of them is our our big B-tier course that we run a a giant tournament out of every year. Um, and then I get—I saw the list today. We've got a couple legends on the list. So the the first is Mike Randolph. He's coming. He's coming over to play. He uh, he lives in the area, but he hasn't been playing a ton um, in the last couple of years, and he's kind of um, increased that and, and shown a bigger presence. And, and he's a great dude. If you guys don't know Randolph, that's another you know discraft legend and another um, disc golf legend. He was. You know, top ten at every tournament back in his day when he was living in Colorado, and he was what second or third in the world. Brad, I can't Probably remember multiple
4: times. Yeah, he's yeah. The guy was always in the top five of almost every A
3: tier back in the day. So yeah, so he's he's coming to play, and then uh, I'll let I'll let Brad introduce the other ones. He's got a special connection there. Oh
4: yes, Scott Stokely came in town. He's doing a clinic tomorrow. and oh, make yeah, so <clears throat> we were we might uh, try to do a a, a a some some YouTube content tomorrow if we have time. Uh, maybe play some holes or do something. He's a such a character that you never know what he's got up his sleeve. So I may just like not even bring a camera, just like because you never, <laughs> might just get you in trouble. Um, but yeah, Scott, I think he's playing Masters, which kind of sucks. That's why the, one of the reasons I came over. So. Maybe like Sunday, maybe Saturday morning. Randolph and I can just like move over to Masters real quick and not let him, you know, have a choice. But um, Why don't you move I, him
3: back so he can play?
4: The <laughs> last time I played Scott, he actually beat me though in a playoff. So, and that was uh, about three or four years ago. So, uh, he still got mad game for being. In fifty or whatever he is, I don't know how old he is.
1: That video he just filmed with Simon, where Simon's like, "Yeah, I got this guy with me," and he walks up to the tee, and I've never seen someone so casually flick a three hundred and eighty foot hole. Just he just walks up and literally like in a casual walk, Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) flicks it. Did you see him throw the one under the the, under the leg to the the water?
1: Just insane. And, like, it's 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 absolutely crazy. But on a serious note, like, I've been watching some of Stokely's newer instructional videos he's been putting out. And the one They're he put awesome. out the other day about facing forward when you throw a forehand, uh, thinking about it more like baseball. It was it was an amazing video. And I, I feel like I've got a good forehand. But I love when pros don't butter it up. And, like, you can do this so good. He's just so, like, no bullshit. And, like, do this don't do this. This is bad. You know, those guys that do this. No, they're no good. Don't do Mm -hmm. what they do. So he's, he's awesome. He's
4: been around a long time. He knows the stuff. So I, I, he's, he's crushing it too. I mean, those seminars he's doing, um, if you haven't heard, he's doing all day seminars. It's like a $300 fee, but you get like eight hours of content, like an hour, 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 hour. And then there's lunch and video before and video after. And the people that are, that have gone through those seminars are just eating it up i mean they're loving it so um it's good for him obviously he's making it worth his while to do all the travel and overnights and things like that and i think that you know folks are getting a lot out of it themselves so it's, it's pretty awesome the game has grown I mean, the demand is there like you know I, i've told a lot of local pros like you could do lessons in your city just by putting your name out there and people are going to be all over it because there's just nothing out there for anyone to do like you know my brother's the one that talked me into doing some lessons in, in in Columbus. He's like, You should do it. Like people know who you are. Like I, I always laugh because I got lessons on ball golf years ago. And it was at like some local golf club that or some golf center. I paid the guy like $70 for an hour. I have no clue what he told me. I have no clue who he was. And my brother was like, They can look you up, they know who you are, they can see your stats. They you have credibility, like you should do it, you know. And it was one of those things where it just felt awkward. Because for years it was just like, yeah, come on, you know, let's, let's play around. But if you start giving up hours out of your week, you, you know, it has to be, there has to be some give and take, but it's been, it's been interesting. So Scott's, Scott's doing well.
1: <clears throat> That's amazing. Well, we're going to take our next commercial break. Shout out our other amazing sponsors, Sweet Spot Disc Golf. And, Sweet Spot. Uh, Katie and Don have been incredible and they've been slaying it. I've been watching their social, they've been getting pallets. Not not, not just pallet, pallets upon pallets of discs in the shop. And uh, you know you're doing it right when people are traveling. I think they said in one of their posts the other day, three hours to come check out the shop because they heard about all the hype of... Just how awesome the store is and how amazing the experience is because it's run by two people who just care so much, not just about selling discs, but about getting discs into the community, about growing disc golf in the community. These guys will literally jump on any opportunity they'd have to sponsor stuff and not to get their name out of there just because they want to see the disc golf community grow. So we couldn't say kinder things about Sweet Spot Disc Golf and Katie and Don, we love you so much. So we're going to cut to a quick commercial break for Sweet Spot Disc Golf. Gather
0: round, children. I, Ganfroff, will tell you a tale of the times before. Of a legendary place, the sweetest spot in all the land, where circles of plastic would appear, glowing from our screens. And with the ritual of the cart, they would appear days later, at our doors. The richest colors, the finest discs, and the kindest people. Oh, it truly was a sweet spot for disco. Some say this place still exists. Its vault sealed. The treasures glittering inside, awaiting the great prophecy of Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that comes again. I hope you will be there. Sweet Spot Disc Golf, so good our advertising department writes fan fiction about us.
1: And we are back for the final segment of Circle Three. Your host,
0: guys, make it count.
1: <laughs> make it count. Don't <laughs> screw this one up.
0: <laughs> this is your last opportunity. It's time to shine.
1: <laughs> we got Paul Blair, your host Brandon Timney, and Chris Kearns, and our amazing guest Brad Schick. And Mr. Zach, Zach Bieberstein, let's Mm -hmm. get it rolling. Uh, Section three. So let's start it right away with the question that was asked in the chat that we were going to ask you anyway, Zach, Zach. So you are very famous for this wonderfully cute three-eyed cat and your amazing flapjack Benny. So the question is, where did that come from? How did you come up with that? And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the flapjack.
3: Sure, so the the logo and the and the flapjack are are kind of separate. Um, when I got back into disc golf, as we talked about earlier, Brad sent me all these discs and and you know it was like, well i I don't like writing my name on discs. you know I, I almost put nothing on the back. Um, I've got I probably get that from Brad because here's here's Brad's mark right there. Right. So there's probably some influence there. But, you know, I never put my name or my phone number on things. Like, if I lose it, I lost it. Like, I will spend hours looking for something if I really, if I really want it. And if I lost it, I lost it. So, you know, marking them, I, I tried to find something that made sense to me, something that kind of identified to me. Um, I, at the time, had actually been running a um, motorcycle clothing brand. So kind of a lifestyle clothing brand for a friend's shop. Um He owned an apparel and, and motorcycle goods shop, and he didn't have anything in there that really was was kind of my taste. Um, strangely enough, I have one of the shirts here, <laughs> totally impromptu. But like this yeah, is right. you know, this is my style. <laughs> like this is a drawing that I did for we did a charity event for a uh, uh, animal shelter, and so it's like it's a flat track shirt of a dog and a cat flat track racing, right? So that was the kind nice. of apparel that I made. You know, they, there's all kinds of mainstream brands, there's all kinds of, you know, very formulated graphics out there, and, and he wanted something that was that was more our taste. So this logo was one of the logos for the brand itself. I had shut the brand down um, a few years into it, and I still had this logo laying around, and I, and I said, why not just use that? So that's where the logo came from. People identified me with the brand with this, and so it kind of was synonymous anyway. Um, to try and explain quickly, the Flapjack came from my need to have a mini in my pocket and my disdain for something thick in my pocket. Um, you know, your regular mini is what? <laughs> right? It's like a quarter inch thick. Um, maybe some of the other ones, like some of the big ones, if you're if you're from Canada, maybe it's what? Eight millimeters thick. Um, so- I think that's like, meter, three meters thick is it 3 meters um <laughs> yeah, so i started 100%. carrying so what i found was this i started carrying this for years this came from paul j in columbus ohio the beard the man with a beard that's older than i am um and it's a mini magnet and it's as thin as i could find right and i kept that in my pocket for years and years until it split and when it split it would catch on my pocket it would pinch things like so you couldn't find them anymore they don't make them all of that um, I was in Zing one day, who's local to town. Craig Myers, awesome human being, makes all kinds of, of minis. You see the, the, um, the ones that nest the Cosmo and like the Pico, the really little guys, the can toppers. Um, and he was shooting uh, minis on his machine, warming it up. And when he would warm it up, it would only shoot a little bit. And then the next time it would shoot a little more. And the next time it would shoot a little more and he would throw them away. And I said, what's that in the box? And he said, That's scrap. I grind it up and using it. And I said, can I have that? And he laughed at me and was like, okay. So this is the very first one I found. It was in the scrap box and I trimmed the edges off and I started carrying this. And so it's just a flight plate. That's all it is. It's his micro mold, which is pretty much this disc. And it is just the flight plate, no wings. And so I asked him if I could do one a little bit bigger, which I think is like the, I think what he uses for mine, um, for the flapjacks is the aerofoil. So it's this big thing with like a wing that actually flies. But essentially it's, you know, it's just the flight plate, right? It's just the inside. So if we set the machine, the pressure to just shoot to the edge and none of the wing, like if you would just cut it off, that's what it is. And so I could put... I can put eight of these in my pocket where I can put one of these in my pocket, you know, and they take up the same amount of space. So I did it again, like just as something that I thought that I would like. And then people saw it and they're like, what is that? What are you doing? Why are you carrying that? And I was like, you know, it's, if it's in my pocket, like I can have it in there all day. You can, you know, Paul can go to dinner in his, in his suit coat and put one in his chest pocket and then there. Um, and so people started wanting them and I, and then I talked to Craig and he said, sure, you know, I'll run them for you. You run the machine, like come in here and do it, like do whatever you want. So Craig has been amazing. Boom. Um, um, it's pretty hard. <laughs> um, right no, now. Act-
0: All right. Next yeah. topic.
3: Yeah. Well, if you want one, it's difficult because, you know, you just have to run into me and I'll give you one. That's how it works. If you want to do your own, Craig will run them. Craig will run any of his minis with your custom stamp. I know a lot of people are doing that. Craig is an awesome human being. He supports our club, all of our tournaments, all of Indiana disc golf. Um, But, you know, I've run, I think, three, four runs of these now. So the original um, actually had like the flapjack, like the pancake stamp on it with a little pat of butter and, and everything. You and gave then me I one ran. of those.
1: You gave me one of those with a Wonder Bread pat of butter. It's
3: disgusting. Yeah. 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 And then I ran a set for myself um, that just had kind of this heart logo on it. Um, so there's only there's probably only like 30 of these or 40 of these in the world. Um, and then when people started really wanting them and asking for them, that's when I started doing the purples, and and you see a lot of those out here now. Um, awesome. And now I'm down to short stack um of purple so i'll probably have to do another i gotta run and get
1: these i gotta run and get these you guys keep talking okay Okay. yeah yeah so i actually have go ahead Oh no, i was just say
2: i i freaking i should have brought it up here poor prep on my end 850 rated move but that tour series luna that i have that you stand for me is in a special box it's in there with like the chris pickwell die and yeah some other super cool ones uh don from dfx Um, sent me one with a custom stamp, so it's super cool to see that you know people just have kind of that little piece of artwork that they put on there, and um, that yeah, that TS Luna is not going anywhere.
3: (laughs) Nice, yeah. That that stamp kind of the reason I didn't make it for the minis. I made that stamp originally just to stamp my discs, and people liked it so much, and I said, you know, it's like that's like me signing my discs, and people are like, can I get a disc with that on it? And I think why, like, why would you want that that's my name you know and I, it took me a while to understand that that was interesting to other people and not just me Um, but now you know I do stamp just with Craig I stamp all of mine you know and then I stamp a few more here and there and once in a while they get out not very often but once in a while they get out
1: nice. well z-
2: enough
3: about you
1: <laughs> No, I've got a Zack Zack Malta in my fun. bag Zack Zack Proto Malta and, uh, I also got to show these off. So we got that sweet one with the hollow foil on it. But look at these yep. ones. Look at this one. Look at that like Merlot with money foil.
3: Nasty. That one's got some heart glitter in it, I think too.
1: And my favorite one, the wonder bread with heart glitter. The glitter inside the mini is little hearts. It's, uh, it's the best thing ever. So these things, I got one in my bag. One of them I sent to one of my best friends out west, Mr. Harley Redmond. He's repping it in Saskatchewan. So the flapjack lives uh lives large in Canada awesome. too. Awesome. <laughs> we got questions yeah, like for Brad. People use we got questions for Brad. Brad's just sitting there. Brad's like, man, right. I love me so. Brad is never
3: and he's
4: I feel like I need an upgrade though. Your guys' your guys' look really fancy compared to
3: mine, so <laughs> I can get you one this weekend, but I'll tell you guys, this is a this is a rare moment, like for Brad to live in my shadow, even for like five okay, minutes. Like,
4: everybody let asks. Have it. Everybody asks about those damn minis, so you, it's it is, a, it, is a, it is a cool thing. So,
1: so Mr. Danny Drager Droger is asking in the chat for us to ask Brad what his most memorable tournament win is. Hmm.
4: Well, I mean, it has to be the Hambrick when it was the national tour. Um, it was—I don't know. I think 2008, maybe. I think 2007, I got second place. I lost to Nate Doss. Uh, Nate Doss beat me by a stroke. It went down to the last hole in the final nine, and then the following year, I was able to actually win. So, I to get that close, I was like devastated to lose because I was right in the lead and. Uh, I came back the following year, got in the final nine again, and actually finished it and, and, and won. So that's probably, I mean, just because it's my hometown and growing up watching the Columbus Open with the best players in the world at that time, then to be able to play in that same final nine. So that, that I mean, that
0: probably has to be the, the number one right now, so.
2: Nice. And, uh, what
0: would you say is your least memorable win?
4: I mean, they're all famous, Paul. I I don't know. There's been there's been a couple of wins, so I I don't remember a lot of
1: them. The the spring <laughs> fling at Christie Lake.
4: Oh, that was sweet, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Big shout out to VW Dave, uh, <laughs> disc golf Ontario legend. I know Brad's. I know you've played that a couple times too, and I think you've been responsible for rallying some of the the U.S. troops to come across to Hamilton and uh, playing the spring fling a couple times. But that is definitely a fun tournament. Uh, they they do their best to create a monster, and turn Christie Lake into a pretty fun chorus. Love it. Nice,
2: Paul. What's your most memorable tournament win?
0: Do we have another Paul on the show? <laughs> I'm just wanting to give you a little attacked Zach,
3: here. Zach, uh, did you
0: did you want to ratify Paul? won the fire Beaver Paul Open footbag tournament in 1999. It's the longest Ooh. running footbag net tournament in the world. So there's that. Fun facts about Paul. I like that.
3: We need more.
2: Don't diss on net footbag. Zach, here's an interesting one for you. Okay. And I know you've, you've probably been prepping for this one all week. So, yeah, so, Paul, Brad, or no, yeah, Paul, Brad, myself, and Brandon, we're all on the Easter egg hunt. What's our player rating as Easter egg hunters and why?
3: I got to put them in order. I think, I mean, nobody... You would think that there would be a weakness for Brad and something he's not good at. But, I mean, I've never seen him slow at anything, ever. Like, he does everything fast. Everything. Um, so he's going to be hard to beat. I think the only way that he could be beat is if Paul distracts him. And I think Paul mm-hmm. has, a, has a... I think he's really, like, on his game there. So I think Paul might be at the top of the list here if he gets under Brad's skin, distracts him a little bit. Um, you, I mean, you're, you're a close third. I think Brandon is just, I think he's too, he's, he's too caught up with just everything else. I think he just wants to watch. He just wants to commentate. He just wants to talk about what's going on. I I think that's the order. I think it's one. Would, Brandon would produce the live stream for the hunt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe even over your shoulder, GoPro style, like Ooh. he's just making sure everybody else enjoys it. Just yeah. Blair, Blair Houston, witching
1: Canada? in the corner.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now uh
2: here's a round table one. Um and I think some of us have answered before, but it's always fun to kind of revisit. So we'll start with Paul, Blair. We'll go around the table. Uh, we'll do Brad, then Brandon, Zach will finish with me. But what's your, your dream your dream card? Someone asked that in the chat earlier that you're playing on for some three other people
0: so who, who are the three people on earth that I would most like to play with that's a fantastic question one for which I must say I'm not really prepared I think I mean I think it'd have to be uh, who's sponsoring us this week so we'd start with them or
2: even better human history they don't even have to
0: be disc golfers <laughs> Oh yeah, well. So first of all, those would be people I could probably beat pretty easily, right? So let's go with. We uh, go with Faulkner, uh, right at right at the prime of his life. Um, probably <laughs> have to go with uh, probably go with with Albert Einstein. He and I share some common ancestry, and I've got some questions. Let me. I have some things to ask. Uh, and then probably you, Kearns, because. Oh, man, i'm gonna need a witness okay
2: nice i'll oblige that how about you brad
3: mm, i don't know that's a
4: tough one i think i would like to just have a fun card um simon would be a lot of fun he's one of my favorites to watch and to uh just hear him talk so simon would be fun I mean, how could you not want to play with Macbeth, right? Like, he's the best player in the world. And um, I've grown up with Ricky, watching Ricky, you know, as a little kid. So, I think those three would just be fun to watch them battle that out. And then me just sit back like Brandon and just, like, maybe commentate and watch it all go down. So, I mean, those three. But Simon's just so much fun. Like, I I absolutely love watching him. So, I guess that's what I'll go with. Nice. Love I, maybe Brody maybe Brody too like I'd love to watch brody I I've only seen him play live like once and uh I'm fascinated with that guy like I think he uh not to sound like a big huge like groupie but I think what he's done for the game in such a short time is just
2: exceptional so five so, nice. I, some- I think he'd be fun to play with yeah yeah how about you Brandon
1: all right I would love to play with Paige. I would love to see someone that small throw that far and uh, just just hear. Honestly, I've, I've seen a couple play with Kim a few times and never got to see real, no offense, Kim, <laughs> real top tier pros play in person, right? And hear that snap off the fingers and and just see that happen. So I'd love to play with, with someone like Paige um, for pure comedic relief i'd love to play with jeremy Colling as long as he's having a great round um so we'll <laughs> toss we'll toss jeremy Colling on a good round uh in that mix uh and then i'm gonna throw mr sean dixon as my my third Ooh. person in there because like you know i've got to know him pretty well love everyone in the group i'm not gonna pick any favorites but uh you know, just the positivity there. I think Sean would make sure Jeremy Colling has a really good round, just with all the positivity. Either that, or he'd just piss him off so much, and Big Germ would just turn into a monster. So, one <laughs> of two ways, Sean. It's totally up to you. Our whole round lies in your hands, buddy. Dude, so, we gotta
2: connect. Uh, Sean and Brad are in the same, both in the Columbus area, right? We gotta connect these guys.
1: Zach. Zach. Who would you play with, my friend?
3: Yeah. Um, tricky to figure out what kind of theme to go with here. Paul kind of upset the, the the idea right off the go. I, I don't know how you beat historical figures, but, um, you know, i played with some guys that I know I could play around with and love every minute of it, you know. I mean, Brad is always on that list. I know that's a, it's an obvious answer for me, but... Um, Matt Bell, I played with last year, just incredible human being. And like things go terrible, and he's got his chin up, and like he's rooting for everybody else. And we've got locals like that here: um, Paul Oman, Matt Kern. Um, those guys are are just amazing dudes to play with. Um, if I could get a chance to play with Paige and see how she throws, I think I think that would be amazing. I haven't seen her play in person since she was a kid, um, so I would probably put her on the card for sure. And then if we're breaking all bounds and rules here and, and talking historical or future figures, I'd I'd like to play with me when I was 16 if I picked up a disc. Ooh, it. Deep. Well, I'd um, like to see what would happen.
2: The deep cuts. So, so I think for me, there's um I think a fun one would be if I went with the guy that plays the mountain in Game of Thrones. Cause he's actually posted a video he's played. I think it'd be super cool to outdrive that guy with a tour series Luna when he's like triple my mass (laughs) and could just like break me in half. So me, him, I'm gonna throw Mike Tyson in there. I think that'd be freaking awesome. Temp course at Tyson ranch. And then for my fourth, Bruce Springsteen. Suck on that.
1: It's just such an obvious answer.
2: Imagine that squad, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Bruce would probably get a lot of courtesy warnings for singing, but whatever.
1: Oh, Jason, the UVT king of the chat. <laughs> my- Didn't call. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that Tyson Ranch!
2: I love it. And then, uh, oh, we did say earlier, Tad, Zach, Tad's got a beef with you on oil slicks. What's going on? He he wants them all. It's reasonable. Well,
3: I mean, is that he wants them all? Is that my problem or his problem?
2: That's a good question, Tad. I mean,
3: you gotta. <laughs> the table's I, I gotta turned. make. I gotta make enemies somewhere. I guess this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think we all We all just You know He he can't win all the time He can't have everything he wants He's got to He's got to learn to To lose once in a while Yeah he's got his Clover discs too I mean I know I know Yeah He knows how to find me I don't know why he doesn't say these things to my face Yeah well Keyboard warriors You
2: know
1: Zach While you're in the um, middle of the screen I think you've got a box there Did you Did you open that box up yet ooh, I didn't you want to see it? Yeah. So, and I'm going to do my best while you're opening this box to to explain what's going on to our guests. So Zach's going to open up a box here. And this box came to him live from Mr. Chris Kearns. Uh, he actually just sent it to him like a pizza delivery live here while we were on the podcast. It was uh, pretty amazing. And uh, Chris Chris, and I think Max's brother, if I'm not mistaken, or I don't know if it was Max's brother, but Chris and some of the crew from their hometown, uh, put put together a wicked diaper round for Max, and they raised yep. some decent money and uh, to help out Max and Nikki. Uh, and in the process, an incredible, incredible photo of Mr. Max Halibut was captured. Uh, and instead of just posting that photo to Facebook, you know, Mr. Kern said, why don't we immortalize this photo?
2: Yep. Oh, well, the COA.
1: So we got a COA here. All right, you ready? Oh, oh it's beautiful. Yeah. In all Look its glory. Look at that packaging that Chris Kearns <laughs> did on that disc.
0: As <laughs> you're <That laughs> following along at home, first of all, you won't get it. Secondly, no. <laughs> uh, you're seeing a plastic circle depicting uh, what presumably is a grown man, physically. Uh, Surrounded by snow in Michigan, uh, wearing a diaper on the outside of his clothing. This is symbolic of his future as a father at the time. Since then, he has never slept. (laughs) My favorite part of that was
1: grown men, presumably.
2: (laughs) So that is the only signed one out of all EV3. Wow.
3: This
2: is
0: the one. Yeah. See, he can write his name.
3: No, never again.
2: Yeah, no, that was awesome. I was, uh, during the diaper round, I can't remember which one of the guys brought it, but one of them, I put it in our group chat, I was like, can someone bring an adult diaper? And I wasn't, I was pretty sure Max would actually do it. And sure as, Sure enough, he's like, screw it, I'll wear it. And so he plays the whole round with this adult diaper on. And while we're out there is trying to get like candid pictures, you know, just a couple good shots. And I, he was, I don't even remember what he was doing. I don't even think he was lining up a putt. I think he was just trying to block the sun with that putter. And I snapped it and I was like, Oh my God, this is gold. So yeah.
3: Beautiful. Thank you. Happy to support that too. He, he's got some awesome pictures with him and his wife and um, with the new baby and and they look super happy. Amazing.
2: Yeah. She's adorable. I, when I, Dropped off his uh, shadow box in the disc. I got to hold little Everly. She's a, she was a cutie. I mean, she passed right out. And then my wife started giving me looks. So I was like, all right, let's get the hell out of here.
0: <laughs> Babies uh-huh. are contagious. <laughs> yeah. So
2: Brad, real quick, um, a lot of people want to know this. So what was it like playing with Steady Ed? <laughs> You know, I think I actually did beat him at one of the worlds, but I don't,
4: I don't think I ever got to play with him. I'm pretty sure of that. So <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> You've been waiting the whole podcast for that, haven't you, Kurtz?
2: Like a couple of weeks. It's not a big deal. <laughs> That's funny. I like it.
1: Oh man. Well, I mean, you did start off by introducing yourself as old as dirt, so that pretty much makes everything else fair game.
4: I'll be 44 this year, so that's, yeah, it's not, it's not dirt, but yeah, I, I feel it. I used to, back when we, when we first started the Masters division was 35, I think you had to be 35 to play Masters, and then I don't know when they actually changed it to 40, but I remember thinking 35, like, that's like a lifetime away when I was starting out, and now, um, I think, I think 40 makes sense. I'm not a huge fan of the five-year increments until maybe you get over, like, 60, but I just think we're dividing the divisions up too much personally but that's a whole
0: nother that's probably another podcast if so yeah, if don't, we're, if we're talking away my only way to win <laughs> no.
3: if we're talking age kearns what's your pdga number
2: five six seven zero zero and brad what's yours seven nine nine two
1: so brad that leads me to a question i'm actually curious about what what for you determines whether you're going to sign up for masters or whether you're going to sign up for open in the tournament? Is it the people signed up? Is it how well you know the course and whether you've played there before? What factors do you take into consideration for that?
4: Yeah. So I think I I haven't looked, but I think I've played maybe five tournaments, five or six tournaments since I've been eligible to play masters. I think it's like six or five or six or seven, maybe Um, I, I still want in my mind to think I'm, I'm still competitive and open in most tournaments, uh, but there are now, like I, last year, I played in one or two masters where, you know, Ricky was there, Calvin Heimberg, like all these guys, and they were there several days before. And I think now it's getting to the point where if I play really well in masters and win, you know, at that A tier, it was like almost a thousand bucks or something for first, right? If I play that same level really well for me, in the open division, it's like thirteenth place and like two hundred and fifty dollars. So you start to battle the. Are you having seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of fun to to do that? You know, um, and it's not about the money for me, but it does does start to weigh in when you see that money just like you're just throwing it away essentially. Um, so I think most tournaments I'll still play open. I did sign up for the U.S. Masters this year. Uh, which i've never been to a major at, at the masters level and i may try to go to masters worlds if i can swing it um but you know if the if the top 15 guys in the world are at the tournament i, I just don't see the, the 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 sense for me to try to compete with them because i know oh, they're at sure. a level that you know they're averaging the rounds that they're averaging are some of my best rounds anymore so i'm okay with that so but it Good sucks answer. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. You know, the, you know the thing is, I, I and I, I say this even as a Masters player and and somebody who's like run a couple of tournaments here and there. I just wish they would charge less for the Masters division, and add more money to the Open and not make it such a hard challenge. Like when I see tournaments that have the entry intric- fees exactly the same, you know, I I just prefer like if if it's an A tier, make the pro turn the pro side one hundred and thirty dollars, one hundred and forty dollars. Make the Masters ninety dollars. like you know add more money to the open i would love to see like if you get fifth place in the masters you get i'm sorry if you get fifth place in the open you get as much as like winning masters you know like if i i feel like if if that was the case because it's not all about winning like i want to be competitive but when you start to like take the money and you know you go for three or four days and you you know you spend all that money um it, it is it is tough to like take that money and just throw it out the window because you wanted to play open and see how you did. So um, I don't know. I just feel like more money should be put into the open side and less to the masters and the protected divisions just personally. So for sure, probably not a popular opinion to the masters players. But.
1: We had another question <laughs> for you, Brad in the chat and that uh, we will wrap it up soon. And uh, thanks everyone for sticking around. This has been such an awesome time with you guys tonight. Um, what's been the coolest change to disc golf since you started playing?
4: Wow. I think just seeing, you know, when we, when I was younger and I would go to tournaments to go see Ken Climo or to go see Barry Schultz or to go see Scott Stokely or whomever it was, we would have to go five, six, seven hours away to Bowling Green or to, you know, one of the big tournaments, right? Go to Worlds, fly fly somewhere to go to Worlds, and you'd see those guys once or twice a year and get to watch them, and just seeing them in person was like kind of surreal. Um, and then now when you look at it, and I can sit on my couch and stream it on my TV and watch everyone, and that's the thing that's most interesting to me is when you see these new players come on, There's, there's YouTube videos for days, the live coverage they can watch you know we never got to see ken climb a throw we never watched his form and broke it down in slow motion and things like that so it was just you'd see him live and then you would learn from the guy down the street and and just take his word that that was the correct form you know and now you can watch the best players in the world so i think that um you know I, i wish the money had gone up a little more on tournament winnings because there are tournaments back in the early 90s and mid 90s that have the same payout as they do now um, but I think that players and sponsorships and companies are starting to get more into it. And so the growth there has, has really helped the players, but you know, it's a shame that the purses are growing at the same rate. So
1: slightly off topic, but kind of on topic. So I was in like a YouTube rabbit hole a couple of weeks ago and I was watching old disc golf tournaments and I kind of dozed off on the couch and I woke up and I guess it sequenced into like the. 2001 Mini Golf World Championships was kind of where the YouTube rabbit hole, and the top prize was like $109,000 for the freaking Holy crap! Mini oh, golf yeah. world,
4: your, like putt putt type, yeah, it's like golf? putt putt, oh. like
1: miniature golf, and the world, the putt putt world championships are like $100,000 for the winner, and I'm watching. The, the slay the beast at the european open and watch the winner of that take home like 50 bucks and a free coupon to arby's when they get back to the states <laughs>
2: <laughs> 70 yeah. frequent flyer miles <laughs> yeah so I, I know what
1: you're saying <laughs> but it's very cool to see the the increased sponsorship and and awareness from bigger companies and, and bigger media which is really neat too and the more exposure disc golf gets, the the more some of that bigger money will want to come into the sport. So I think it's pretty great.
4: I agree. Yep. 100% agree. And I think we're getting there. I mean, you, just in the last two years, it's I feel like it's stepped double, you know, uh, from where it was, just watching the new players come into the game and the new contracts and watching Macbeth outgrow a contract in less than a year. I mean, that's just fantastic for him and for, for everyone. I think it's putting the other companies on notice that this is what these players are worth and this is what they're bringing in. And I think, you know, the other players should appreciate what Paul did, right? Like he's, he's just showing here's what I'm making. Here's what it is. And this is what you guys can get too. So I think it's exciting, exciting time um, for the younger generations that are up and coming. So there could be a guy we don't even know right now. That's two years out. That's going to be the next Paul McBeth. You know, that's the crazy thing. And it's not far fetched. You look at these young guys, Kyle Klein and, you know, there's all kinds of people you don't know that are regional that are unbelievable that if they got out on the mainstream, they would, they would blow up. So it's pretty cool.
1: I love it. Wild well, times. That That's going to wrap up our evening. And before we do, we always like to give our guests a chance to kind of say one final thing. So uh, we'll turn it over to Zach Zach for a sec. Any final thoughts, Zach Zach? Thank you so much for being on tonight, brother.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, you know. I don't. I don't mind living in Brad's shadow. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for the rest of my career. Um, be, be on. Be on the podcast when Brad's on. Anytime he's back, go ahead and have me back. But you know, he really. Uh, he he really laid the 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 ground for a lot of people. You know, he he won't take credit for it. Um, you know, he still runs. He stepped up being a pro disc golfer and now running tournaments again. Um, he gives lessons. He's showed us all the way to be not only a great disc golfer, but you can be a good human at the same time. So um, I owe him quite a bit and he'll be as modest as he wants to be on here, but he'll still have people like me telling the world that he's, he's the real deal. So thank
2: you. That's awesome. That's yeah. a- Zach, thanks. For, thanks for coming on, dude. Cause uh, Zach, you're one of the, in my opinion, you're one of the funniest people I interact with on social media like even in just via private messenger like you freaking kill me sometimes with with the stuff you say or do or and i one of my favorite unboxing videos all time is the silent one you did that was freaking legendary so appreciate it to have you on with us man hell yeah
1: i think the sp- i think the speed one where he forgot to set the timer maybe even tops <laughs> that silent one
2: <laughs> that was also excellent, yes.
1: <laughs> well, Brad, I know it's hard to say anything nicer about yourself than Zach just said about you, but why don't you wrap us up with some kind words about Zach?
4: Yeah, so you, you guys, you don't know Zach as long as I have, but Zach's one of the same, I mean, you know, everything he said kind of back at him. Zach will do anything for anyone. Um, he's helped me out a ton too with artwork and other things besides just being a good friend. So, um, you know, I, what can I say, right? He, he, he will... You guys online, you see him, you know his face or his name or his little logo or his flapjacks. Um, that artwork is via Ooh. Zach's logo, which is really cool. But Zach's done a lot for disc golf in Ohio, and then he did a lot for disc golf in Indiana. And I think we're all benefiting from him. So not to make it a huge love fest, but yeah, shout out to Zach for for all his support over the years, too. And then for you guys and and Discraft for helping me out over the years. They've, they've really... You know, helped me kind of continue on the path that I'm on, and um, I'm just glad that there's so many more people now like getting into discraft and and kind of falling in love with it. So, um, so shout out to them, and and I'm looking forward to your guys' podcast. I didn't realize we were number two uh, the episode, so hopefully we don't wreck this uh, train. <laughs>
2: y'all this is the you guys train are is gonna ours, man. We'll cool. Keep
0: trying till we get it right. <laughs>
2: I got to get to Columbus and and get around it with you, Brad. And then, Zach Zach, I know you've proposed... You've jumped in on Trash Talk for some challenges against me and Max, so... You're you're only going to... What I heard, Kearns,
1: was Canada versus Michigan versus Zach Zach and Brad. So...
2: Whenever, wherever, me and and, uh, Max are there, we're bringing two diapers, and y'all are (laughs) going to poop the bed. So...
4: Chris, are
2: you doing the Lower Peninsula Open? Um, I'm actually helping staff that event. Oh, okay. All right. I signed up for that. I thought
4: maybe we could get around in there or something. So we'll,
2: we'll figure it if out. If you get up early or something, you know, we could practice because we're doing the combo course layout okay. that you're going to want to see. I would love to. Um, do, yeah. Yeah. So Because like, I've already played it. And, uh, yeah, I'm working with uh, Doug from Huron Valley Disc Golf and Scott Sproul with my home. That's my home club, Washout County Glow. So, yeah, I'll be there helping all weekend, man. I'll see you there. Let's do it. All right. Sorry to sorry to derail, oh, you guys.
1: Don't worry. Try we to... love it. All right, Brad, no Brad, Zach, we will say goodbye to you. And I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic night. And the three of us will wrap this up. So thank you guys again so much for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you all thank soon. You.
4: Thanks, guys. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Thank
1: you all right Mr Kearns Mr Blair that was a heck of an awesome time for me I like those guys <laughs> that
2: that's 100%. yeah that was a lot of fun those guys are freaking awesome
1: absolutely I think it's it's cool to talk to uh talk to talk to people who are so real and so open and transparent you can tell that Zach and and Brad are exactly like they are in and life like they were tonight in the podcast. And uh, it's uh, it's it's so, so, so great to to hear from someone who's been involved in the sport for, for such a long time. And I loved hearing his answer about media coverage and the sport growing. And out. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things that's happened to the sport with with coverage. And, and that was pretty neat. What What about you, Paul? What, what was one of your uh, takeaways from tonight? I, felt,
0: I mean, I felt like we learned a lot. Um, you know, it was, I thought it was really touching when Brad pointed out that, that Zach, Zack will help anybody with anything. So for our listeners, you know, if, if you're moving in the next few weeks and you need some help, <laughs> uh, hit us up on Facebook, we'll send Zach over your way.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> at No extra fee. Actually, if you bought one of these hoodies, it was included with the purchase. Uh, if you didn't, yeah. what were you doing?
2: <laughs> That's Right.
1: But before we wrap up to tonight, guys, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, our fundraiser for X. Uh, X marks the spot, the fundraiser for Xavian, uh, a friend in the community of Mr. Ryan, Michaels and Jason Scott Nelson. And uh, we're doing a fundraiser to help out with some costs associated with treatments for him and and really just to mm-hmm. put a smile on his face. So in day one, guys, we've sold 500 tickets uh awesome. for this fundraiser which is $2000 raised in day 1 we're going to be selling tickets through till Monday um that post is in the announcement section of the discraft macbeth and pierce collectors group uh so please everyone head to the page head to the announcements check it out you can get a ticket to the draw for 5 bucks you can get uh five tickets for $20 which most people are doing and uh check out the prizes some people have donated some absolute sweet plastic so i'm excited for that that's going to be fun we're going to run that live and uh and have a good time doing that too
0: yeah it's for a good cause it's for a just cause or even if it's just because consider donating please
2: <laughs> heck yeah no it's amazing um
1: final thoughts kerns that was,
2: that was a fun time man that was great i i love um you know, last episode and this one, like, having a couple people on together that are friends, you know, that have a good rapport. Like, one of the best things about disc golf is the relationships that you get through the sport. So, and it just, it does make it easier for us, too, just having a couple of people that already have camaraderie inside jokes. You know, you can stay loose. But uh, that was a great time, and I'm super excited to see Brad at some point. Um, and when he's up here in Michigan, and, you know, it'll be fun to get a little uh, – a little side fun battle with uh, Zach Zach and whoever else so and of course you you two guys I gotta get see your faces live one day but yeah it was a fun episode this week
0: yeah, I like that they were friends at the beginning and then they dealt with us for an hour and a half and they're still friends so it's always a positive. Really strong relationship yeah. that love has been tested
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thanks to everybody who has downloaded this uh, this monstrous production
1: yeah i was telling the guys at the start we're we're the we're in the top 20 golf podcasts in canada folks you've helped us get there and uh you guys will see lots of links uh all over if you're not following us on instagram at circle three cast c-i-r-c-l-3 cast uh that's at circle three cast and uh you will find links to download us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Pandora, on iHeartRadio in Canada. Um, Only fans. <laughs> that's a special podcast. <laughs> and I will film that next part after. But uh, for now, I want to say a huge thank you to our two guests, Mr. Brad Schick, Mr. Zach Zach. Uh, we couldn't have done tonight without them. And uh, thank you, Paul, joining us from vacation in front of his beautiful barn doors.
0: What else am I gonna do? Oh wait, no, actually I have a list. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And Chris Kearns, thank you as always, buddy. I know uh, you had a long day. Drop your car off, get some stuff done, rush home, get some food in you, and uh, record the pod. So hopefully you have a restful night.
2: Oh, I'm off tomorrow, so Ah, there you go. Yeah, I'm great right now.
1: (laughs) And uh, I'm Brandon Timney, guys. And uh, with that, this is Circle 3. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, We'll catch you in two weeks. Don't forget to head to your favorite podcast provider tomorrow to download tonight's episode. Have a great week, everyone. We'll catch you soon.
0: Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Bye. Bye.